Welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Autograph Beer Podcast. My name is AJ Kearns, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring us some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. This week is no different. We are introducing you to Mr. Kevin Dyer. We came to learn of him and his work through Weathered Souls Brewing in Texas. Kevin is the designer behind the kind of phenomenon and growing continuously and just wonderful project, Black is Beautiful, which was started uh, by Marcus and Weathered Souls and is this kind of an open source recipe to help bring attention and awareness and raise money uh, for injustice and equality uh, here in the United States and abroad. And it's just, it's taken off, I think, beyond uh, expectations with over, I think, 1,100 breweries in, in 50 states in some crazy number of countries. So it's just a, it's a wonderful thing. It's really great that that brought us to learn more about Kevin and his story and his portfolio. Uh, you can find out more information about Kevin by going to his website, kevindyer.myportfolio.com. You can also uh, follow along with his adventures on Instagram. Uh, which is always a fun place. All the all the cool kids are there, but you can go to uh, KD for Kevin Dyer Design, TX for Texas, and see the different uh, products he's worked on through the years, learn his story. One of the most unique jobs probably of anybody we've interviewed, which is really cool, uh, his his day hustle. But, you know, you, from this episode and from, you know, working with Weathered Souls and Black is Beautiful, he's just continually you know, bringing on new clients and new projects. And so it's really cool to see, you know, that happen, him have those opportunities through something so positive. So it's a really good story. You know, learn about his his adventures, you know, great talk about painting. We talk about the Yankees and just uh, and science teachers and Lizzo and just kind of a whole mix of uh, characters and, and stories. And it's, it's encouraging, you know, just kind of uh, gives you the, the thoughts and, you know, feels that you need you know just to, to go for it and so hopefully you'll uh you'll take something really positive you know away from this and uh, you know we're really psyched to have episode 170 for you and we're hoping we're hoping in the uh, next couple weeks to be able to announce uh what we're gonna do we're trying to do something fun for season 16 kind of uh to keep in line with the, the dad jokes and the puns in season 16 16 ounce canvas you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so we'll see where that ends up we'll see what happens we'll definitely you know, keep you updated. We appreciate you being here. You are listening to the 16 ounce canvas, the art of craft beer podcast. I'm not sure how you found us, but we do appreciate it. Make sure to check the website 16ozcanvas.com, 16ozcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and use that hashtag. Spread the love, share amazing artists and people that you follow, and you know, get in touch and don't be a stranger. Uh, as we've mentioned last week, we're really. Uh, Excited to share with everybody uh, what we're doing uh, with Athletic Brewing right here in Connecticut. It is uh, Sober October, so it's a great opportunity for folks to take advantage of the really cool uh, deal we got in place and uh, code that we put together with them. It's, you know, non-alcoholic beer is it's kind of sometimes seen as like, oh, it sounds disgusting. But I can say firsthand, I have one here, here with me as we're editing. It's tasteful, it's delicious. They just released an Oktoberfest and, and a stout. And, you know, it's uh, it's that easy, folks. Head over to Athletic Brewing, use code CANVAS25, and 
that's it. 25% off uh, your orders. Uh, make sure I recommend that the IPA and the Golden is good. And just uh, order two six packs and uh, delivery is free. So you can't really beat it. So really excited. We're keeping with that momentum. Excited to announce with uh, you know beer culture. We just announced uh, two beers that we are uh, collaborating with uh, Cloudwater. So just want to give a shout out to, to Paul and the crew there. Uh, Tony, who's uh, helped brew it with Paul. And then uh, our friends uh, over at Textbook, Vicky and Chris, who made just some killer, killer labels for the, for the beers. So I don't know if we're going to get them because they're overseas. But if you're listening to this and you're over in the UK and you want to set up a trade, I don't know. I want to set up a trade. I don't, I don't even know if we can do that. Who knows? We can't come visit your country. So I don't even know if we can send stuff to you. But we would love to, to get our hands on some of those. So... Let's get into it. Episode 170. Remember, check out blackisbeautiful.beer. And uh, let us know what you think. I think it's a good episode. I think you're going to dig it. I think uh, yeah, Kevin's got a good story. He's got a good uh, perspective. He's a, a beer aficionado. He appreciates the beer. And uh, he's just he's just easy to talk to. These are episodes where it's just kind of like, like, oh, yeah, I guess we're recording. Cool. All right. Here we go. So... Without further ado, Mr. Kevin Dyer, 16-ounce canvas, episode 170, right here. Let's get at it. All right. Cheers. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have with us today, checking in from Austin, Texas, Mr. Kevin Dyer. We came to learn of Kevin through the work that he's done with Weathered Souls Brewing, and then the phenomenon, which is Black is Beautiful, which is kind of just taking the, the craft beer world over you know in the u.s and internationally which has been wonderful to see and it's been a real positive so thank you so much kevin for uh for being here i'm glad we're able to, to connect i know how busy you are no problem all right and folks if, to be here. yeah man yeah and so if folks want to follow along with uh with kevin's designs it's k d d or kd design texas so kd design tx follow along with also on his facebook page and i do we talked before we started. I do love the kind of uh, periodic table, uh, you know, logo you go with that, you know, with the the five one two there. So it's not, it's definitely not lost on me. Is we have so much in common with our wives being uh, science teachers. So I, I really dig that. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. So, so like I said, you're you've been doing work with Weathered Souls for for a while now, and we'll get to that. But kind of. Uh, Take us, you know, tell us kind of like, you know, just kind of get folks up to speed on, on who you are and kind of how you found your, you know, your, your love for, for creativity and, you know, design. Okay. Um, basically I've been, i since I was young enough to scratch with a pencil or a stick, I, I would draw things and, you know, in the dirt or whatever, and then, um, draw with pencils and pens and as I you know in my younger days my mom and dad would just buy me every art supply you could imagine just to to see what I wanted to do and um, I just kept going from there I mean I was I remember first grade drawing unicorns for the girls in my class so <laughs> that was pretty much the one I was like oh they like this so that pretty much stuck in my head I hey you know this can be something that I'm good at and other people might you know might enjoy it um so basically, I'm, I'm 43 years old now. I've been doing uh, labels for Weathered Souls for three years now. And before that, I, I was, you know, I've um, just started picked up freelance basically in the last seven or eight years. And before that, I've been with a, a business that I'm still with. It does championship ring design. And I am a, an artist and the, the art department supervisor there. So it all kind of ties in together. I do 
I do anything you could imagine. Um, you know, on the, on the side, I paint and draw and design just for fun. And then, um, in my regular life, I design, we design, we design rings for a championship jewelry company. And, you know, we've done every Yankees world series ring since, since the beginning of world series rings. So Balfour is the name of the company that I work with. I've been there 17 years. And then, um, you know, I, I was there so long. I just kind of got, kind of got stifled. Like after you design rings for 12, 13 years, you just kind of, just kind of get bored with it. So I started throwing myself out there, um, as far as doing other design work. And I got some little gigs here and there. And then I, um, and then I, uh, if you want to get to that point, I just basically, a buddy of mine told me about weathered souls and, uh, that's how I found Weathered Souls in San Antonio. I live in Austin, Texas, and so they're mm. about an hour, hour okay. and fifteen minutes away from Austin. All right, you just jumped like way ahead. So we're, we're, we're gonna. I'm, no, yeah, you want to go back? <laughs> no, it's fun. So when you first of all, when you say championship rings, is, is it just is it majority of the sports? Have you done? Uh, that's just kind of an interesting thing to me, like because they're, they're ridiculously so huge. Where are you at? What? what? I'm in Connecticut, but I'm from Philadelphia, so I was trying to work in a way to see if you did the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl ring, but I wasn't sure if, you know, that was. So, yeah, actually, we did not do the Philadelphia Eagles ring, but we've done a bunch of Cowboys rings. I know that's a big coup, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, Kevin, then, do, do you want me to hang up on you, Kevin? Are we going to hang up right now? Yeah, I mean, come on. We were just getting along so nice. Right, and look, we were, look, yeah. look how we're doing right now. <laughs> so it's possible. Good. It is possible, though, because you're a Cowboys fan. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, but uh, hey. I was born. I was born a Cowboys fan, so yeah. it's not by choice. That, I I would agree with that. I think that when it comes to sports and people get upset, like the Cowboys fans that are in Philly that were just there to be like contrarians always annoyed me. But like if you're like I'm in Connecticut and I live in Pats Giants territory, I guess you can call the Jets, but that's not really like a football team. Um, like yeah, and people are like, why are you an Eagles fan? I'm like, because I'm from Philadelphia. Like that's really like I, I'm not going to change my family's like lineage just because I, I moved to Connecticut, you know? So yeah, I'm with you on that one. I respect that. Yeah. So, you know, I was also an Oilers fan growing up as a kid being, being from Corpus Christi is where I'm from. So when they kind of shut down after that, it was like, you know, stick with my home, my home state team Cowboys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I work for a company called Balfour. This is my 17th year and we design graduation jewelry is the main thing we do. So we're actually, our company is, was based in Attleboro, Massachusetts. And they moved down to Texas in the nineties um, before I started this. So we designed rings for like, we just had an MI, we just had an MIT meeting. Um, this next week, we're going to be doing a West Point design session where us and two other design companies will do a digital design session with uh, seven or eight of their cadets. And oh, wow. so, you know, you think of it, UT, A&M, uh, Virginia Tech, West Point, James Madison University, we do all of their rings. That's cool. Now, and then on, the, on the flip side, we, we also do, Texas is huge with football, you know, high school football, just like California, Florida. So we do a lot of championship jewelry for every sport you can imagine for high school and college. That's like probably one of the most unique jobs I've ever heard, to be honest with you. Like it's very, you know, it's pretty, pretty cool, you know, but you know, 16, 17 years in when people say it's so cool, you kind of, you kind of try not to make like be mean, but you're like, Oh, great. Yeah. (laughs) Now. Yeah. How does one become like, Cause that's like a, being a jeweler is like a whole like cult in and of itself, and all you know, folks like it's a like a fa- I always feel like it's a family business, you know. But 
whatever the Adam Sandler movie is. But like, yeah, like how did you, how did that kind of come into your, yeah, how did you end up in making jewelry, like jewel, rings? Basically, I was 27 years old and I had uh, finally found a job doing design work for a meat wholesale company here in Austin. And about eight months in, as a graphic designer, they came up to me and told me that um, they were declaring bankruptcy and they were closing down the, closing it down. So I started looking for a job and uh, Balfour was hiring for an illustrator, which basically means I would be drawing uh, ring parts and rings and Photoshop and Illustrator. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got the, I did three interviews for that when I was 27 years old. And I remember just coming back with a third one and, my, I was just engaged. My wife and I had just gotten engaged and we were basically, I was about to ask, I was about to get a job and then ask him for two weeks off in a month, <laughs> which is kind of not a, it's not a, it's not a good deal, you know? Yeah. But anyway, I got the job. Um, we got married two months later, went to Cancun for our honeymoon. And, uh, to this day, you know, we, we have designed some of the big stuff we do. Like I said, is we have designed every Yankees world series ring since the beginning of world series rings. And actually the first, the first thing they ever got was a pocket watch. So before there was, before there was rings, there was a pocket watch. That's pretty Yeah, That was one of the gifts we gave to our grooms and was like pocket watches. I don't think they're very, yeah, I, mean, I, don't think they're, I don't think they're very high end, but like they were great. Like, you know, coming out of the, out of the, out of the jacket pocket, it was, a, it was super smooth. We got them all engraved and stuff, but yeah, I think that's yeah. great. Yeah. I think, I mean, You'll be surprised to hear that uh, podcasts do not pay the bills, so I have a real job. And I've been in that industry, market research now, going on 20 years the next month, and uh, or maybe this month. I don't even know what day it is. Um, but, yeah, I would never in a million years have thought, like, hey, I would have ended up in there. I was My roommate worked at this one company, and I had this job out of school, and I really liked it. But I was I was, like, 21, and I was working 80 hours a week, and I was like, that's just – that's just not fun, right? So, I mean, which is totally mature way to look at it, you know? And um, But he, I'd come home and he'd have all his, like, colleagues over and they'd be, like, young, like, our age. And, you know, he'd have girls over and they would just come from work and be drinking and hanging out. And I would be, like, coming home at, like, 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, are they hiring at your place? I was like, can you take my resume in? I was like, I'll take anything. I was like, I just can't work at this job anymore. And, you know, 20 years later. Still there? Hey. Keeps the lights on, my friend. Right? It's you know allows us to do it's this. Allows us to do the stuff insurance. we love. Yeah. <laughs> I call it the insurance job. Yeah, man. Well, it's. Oh, I mean, your stories. Yeah, the stories are super cool. So, that I mean, yeah, I like I like that. I mean, obviously, I, I hear what you're saying when it's like, oh, you do that, and you probably had you probably uh, gotten so many of the questions I'm not going to ask you just because I don't want to be that guy. But um. No, no worries. So, at what point you work? You know, you're working there for years. Did you kind of? get that itch to start, you know, doing some more stuff for yourself. You, you mentioned, you know, you casually mentioned painting, you know, was that something you were always doing on the side? Were you, were you still kind of creating things for yourself or helping folks out to keep your, you know, your, your skills fresh? You know, what was, uh, what was kind of that so, pivot, pivot point? So we bought the house we lived in about 12 years ago when we had one kid, she's 14 now. And we had a third bedroom that was my art studio. So I would, basically hold myself up there and every night with beer and just start painting and uh basically did that for about four years and then we had we had another kid so other kid comes along my middle son and i lost my room (laughs) then i tried 
you know, I need the kid more than I want. I want the kid a lot more than I want the art part of it. It it hurt, but then I started doing the painting in the garage, but we live in Texas, so you can't paint in the garage in the middle of summer. Right, the heat. And I paint, yeah, it's like 114 or whatever. And I paint, when I paint, I paint, I make my own canvases. So they're like eight foot tall by 12 foot wide sometimes. So there's not a lot of room for that. And, uh, so that was it. Everything's it was, big in Texas, right? Is that what they say, right? Yeah. Well, it's just something I like. I like like uh, some of the great painters like Matisse and stuff like that or Monet. Whenever you see their stuff on exhibit, you'll see that like the water lilies you see from Monet. There's actually a series of three pictures he did, and, and they take up a whole room in a museum. So they're actually like 20 feet high by 70 foot wide each. Yeah. And oh. when, when you're standing in front of them, it looks like a, a blob. But when you back up to the back of the room, it looks like uh, you can totally tell it's the water lilies. So that was always my inspiration with that. Go big or go home as far as the painting goes, because you want something that people are going to look at. And, and when they're up close to it, they can't tell exactly what it is. But when they back up and they take it all in, they can, they can see exactly what you're doing. Yeah, that was I remember I got to. Uh, live in like the Netherlands for a little while and go into the Van Gogh Museum the first time and just you see all these like you're used to these paintings from just like either online or just kind of in a book and they're super small and you I remember like you turn that corner and you walk into the room and they were just like of massive proportions and it was like I can see like every little stroke that this dude did and it's like I was just blown away it was amazing and that's that's how I get my my favorite painter of all time is Picasso and then it kind of trickles down to Van Gogh's second, Monet's third. And it's just like, I see their stuff and I get to see it at a museum. And it's like, wow. You know, yeah. that's like, wow. I just, all I need is a room where I can put a 150 foot wide canvas in. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, yeah. We're small potatoes. We're six, we're only 16 ounce canvases, but um, yeah, I just remember. Yeah. It was, it was wonderful. And I was just like, this is unreal. And then, yeah. And then like one of the other places, the, I think the MoMA had, uh, had Dolly, you know, was, you know, they weren't as, it wasn't as big. The mu- museum physically wasn't big enough to hold them to that size. But yeah, the, the Van Gogh stuff was just like, I was, I was just kind of like shocked and it was pretty free. Like in New York city, it's, you can't really get as close. Like in, in the Netherlands, you could just almost like, I mean, I, I probably, I could have touched it, I guess they probably would have tackled me, but like, it was just amazing to see. Yeah. We went to the, we went to the Louvre when I was a kid and I saw oh. the Mona Lisa that thing is uh, 16 inches wide by like two feet tall. And that's as big as it is. And it's behind five layers of glass and you can't get within 15 feet of it. So imagine how small it is. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, I'll just look at my phone. Um, but no, it's great. To I see wasn't you. impressed. I, w- I wasn't impressed with, with, uh, with Da Vinci, really. His, his artistic skills most of the time, like, I'm not saying I'm better than him, but I just like, I wasn't impressed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that's the, that's the, ju- beauty of it right we all could we all could take the same paints and canvases and come up with completely different interpretations of, of life or wh- whatever brings us joy and so i think that's wh- that's why we love doing this is to, to meet folks like yourself and everyone's you know different perspectives so when's the last time oh, yeah. you, when's the last time you painted and don't say like the regular like, well, yeah eight years ago oh seven nope. years ago well, when you listen back to this, I hope your kids feel really guilty about taking dad's art studio away. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, but I think I think I'm I'm kind of getting a little bit out of it. So what I do, uh, I also do uh, a lot of freehand drawing um, in general, and I'll use that part of it, and I'll take a picture with my phone and just 
just take it into Photoshop and, and, you know, that way I can not mess up the lines or whatever like that, but make the thick lines. And that way I can edit colors on the fly and not have to worry about screwing up the colors. You know, when you, when you paint and stuff like that, I just don't have the time for that. So I don't have time to mess it up and start over again. There you go. Yeah. One of these years. Yeah. One of these years. Perfect imperfections. I think it's one of the joy. Yeah. A lot of cool stuff happens by, mistake and you know it's good to see that so now that so you mentioned using photoshop so are you are you, is that kind of like current your your current tool set is a are you all digital now do you have a like how what's your process like now for creating it all it all depends on it all depends on honestly the job so with weathered souls um the process usually is um pen drawing pencil pen if it's a, if it's a character, a person or an item like that, and I'll, I'll draw that by freehand and then I will take a picture and take it into Photoshop and clean it up and clean up the lines. And I'll take the, um, the Photoshop piece that's clean and take it into illustrator and, and create vector, the vector lines for it. Um, so basically I, anything, I, anything I get printed by a, a printer, I want to send them, uh, a vector illustration just because it's the highest quality as far as crisp lines and details. So that's my process. I, I start, I usually start in Photoshop. Even sometimes I just storyboard my ideas. I'll just, I'll just create a, I'll create a canvas in Photoshop. It's like 50 inches by 50 inches at 150 DPI. And then that way I could just throw stuff all over the page. And a lot of times, like we're saying, happy accidents, I'll just be, I'll, and then I'll walk away. Like I'll, I'll, I'll find a bunch of imagery I want. Uh, a lot of it mostly is my pictures I take, take outside or just uh, if I'm looking, if I'm, I, I, I'm a photographer too. So it just kind of ties in. So anytime I, anytime I see something really unique looking, I'll take a picture of it. So my photo, my iPhoto library is enormous, but I'll remember it. I'll remember seeing it. So I'll pull it into Photoshop and I'll tweak with colors and stuff like that. And then if I like it, I'll even, I'll even set up a lot of my paintings beforehand in Photoshop before I paint them just to see how they're going to look. Kind of like, kind of like the greats. If you ever look back and you see Picasso's, he would do uh, rough sketches or rough paintings. Yeah. First, I, I don't have to do that. I mean, I could, but I don't have to do it. I like using technology to my advantage so I can tweak something to see how it's going to look before I even paint it. I love it. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times you're trying to figure out those tools and it's a story we've told uh, many times before, but just kind of even when I used to manage a band and trying to do that, you know, I got to do the, uh, the cover of the album and I didn't, I wasn't that really proficient with Photoshop or anything. And I, you know, I'd played around and sent it to one of the guys and they're like, there it is. That's our cover. And then the printer was like, okay, I need that to be at, this DPI and this resolution, this file type. And I was like, Nope, that's really all we got. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it's honestly, honestly, if you're going to screw around in Photoshop, uh, 300 DPI at least yeah. make that big as you can and make sure you have the hard drive space because you're going to have to recreate it if you want to do that. Oh yeah. It worked. I mean, they did a print run, like a test run and we were all like, Oh, you know, they, they called us and said it worked, but I was, yeah. Cause we tried for like two days to recreate it and we couldn't get the right, the right color on it and so yeah it's I, I, it's uh yeah i i i, I was just really funny because i was i was not the creative type at the time you know i, I was a, i always like to say like a very macgyver style like i can just kind of hack shit together and and figure it out but it was like okay can you send me all those layers and did it and i was like nope that's all we got i think, I think it was a jpeg or a gif i was like 
done. I was like, I'm not, yep, yeah, so I feel yeah, you. Yeah, so you're kind of you're, you're kind of good at everything, kind of good at everything you do. <laughs> yeah, that was like, I mean, that was like 15 years ago, so I, I, I've definitely learned, and I'm, I am, uh, I'm more, I, I save everything now, like if I change it, like if I make drastic changes or add a whole bunch of stuff, I just change the, the naming convention, and, you know, I have multiple hard drives now, so I, I feel like I've matured in that regards. So I've, even my fuck ups are a little more seem like they're a little more together. Oh yeah, you got You just got to you know you learn by mistake. You screw up that first time, or you do you do a file for somebody and you think they're done, and they come back a year later and they want to do it again but with edits, and you've deleted it. That's yeah. my that's my favorite. Oh, I mean, just now. I mean, we're we're about the same age. I'll be forty two in November, but like disk space is like. I mean, I remember floppy disk. I mean, I I remember like. You know, the idea of getting, you know, you can buy a terabyte for now like a hundred bucks. It's like, it's crazy. So, I mean, that, that, so now I'm just like, why am I, why am I nitpicking or being cheap? Just save many versions and you'll be fine. Like, so yeah, it's just kind of, it's just kind of funny. Like, yeah, oh, we're old. I appreciate it though. So, so how, so you talked about, you know, your, your progression, you know, how did, and you, you teased the, the weathered soul, you know, how did you, someone just mentioned the brewery to you and you went in there and kind of just pitched them? How did you, how did you team up to start doing their labels? So, uh, um, a buddy of mine, um, told me that there's a brewery in San Antonio that really needed help with their labels. Cause, uh, they were kind of just starting out and he had had, uh, I guess, a, a friend of a friend do a label for him for their cavernous series, which is a Imperial stout. And I tried to Facebook message uh, Marcus on obviously on messenger. And he uh, never replied my message to my message. You know, who, who, who knows how many times those guys get those call outs, you know, Hey, do you know such and such? And I, and I heard a guy one day, I was about to ask another brewer about doing labels for him. And he, and he was talking to a guy in front of me. And he said, if I hear somebody else tell me one more goddamn time, they're a graphic designer, I'm going to shoot them. <laughs> so that, that was my one lesson right there. So when I, when I went toward Marcus, I tried the first time and I, he never responded. And so about two months later, this was 20, 2017, 2018, he posted a he, he posted a beer, uh, a tribute beer that he called Black Mamba, obviously, you know, in tribute to Kobe before his passing. And I went on, I was on Facebook and I saw his post and I was actually sitting at my real job. Just, you know, if they hear this now, that's great, whatever. But <laughs> I was actually sitting at my desk and I uh, said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to just do a, a mock-up label of the Black Mamba for him. So I didn't do anything with actual Kobe on there at the time. I didn't want to, I didn't want to use his presence on, on the actual label like that. I did a, um, a label with this black, like Cobra racer snake on the front with the eyes were like the whole label was black and the texture of the snake scales were there, but the eyes were orange and they were just like piercing through the label. And I put the name on there. So anyway, I sent it, I sent it over to Marcus and I'm talking like two hours later, he Facebook messages me and says, we need to talk. <laughs> so, and I, not, not only did I, I didn't just Facebook message him. I'm sorry. I posted it. I posted it to his weathered souls post. So everybody saw it. Otherwise he still could have ignored me, you know, but everyone saw it. And there were some comments on there. Like that's pretty, that's, you know, that's, that's badass. Blah, 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 blah. Next thing you know, Marcus calls me. So here we are 2020 
I, I don't even know. I couldn't tell you how many I've done now, but it's like, I counted the other day, like 55 or 60 labels. That's awesome. That I have done for him. And honestly, now after black is beautiful, they, they have just, they've, they're just, they're getting huge. So basically they've bought all new equipment now and that black is beautiful is going to be a, a regular, a regular, um, a staple beer now so that they, that they always have it going right now. They've just released it in, um, HEB and which is our, which is our like biggest grocery store. It's just got voted biggest grocery store, the best grocery store in the, in the United States. So you probably heard of it. Mm-hmm. And then of course, and then of course they actually have it at Walmart too, which, you know, that's like a, one of those things for me. It's like, I guess if it was my brewery. I'd want it at Walmart too, but so they're getting huge. And, it to me it's like I, at some point i'm gonna have to actually say goodbye to the, the job i have now and my boss and all those people they know that but it's it's getting so much right i'm i'm getting home from work i have three kids picking them all up and then designing at nighttime it's getting to be too much well i'm happy I'm getting, to hear, I'm yeah, over, yeah well, overwhelmed and, and i've also picked up another brewery and a winery lately so it's like oh my gosh you can mention them if you want me to be good, get some uh, good plug for you. Oh no worries. No, I, I started uh, I started doing some uh, brewery only release labels for family business brewing. Okay. And, right. and they are out of Dripping Springs. Um, and then uh, there's a winery in Fredericksburg, Texas called Ron Yates. I do. Uh, he owns Spicewood Vineyards and Ron Yates, and I just started doing what labels for Spicewood, and next I'll start doing some for hopefully for Ron Yates's winery as well. That's great. But it and it, the other one I forgot to mention is uh, New Oasis Brewing and Corpus Christi. I do I do all kinds of stuff for them as well. But you know, it's weathered is obviously the the biggest part of the puzzle for me because I I I've got six things in line right now that I got to have ready in about a week or so. So I'm already thinking about that. Yeah. My head, my head is just full. I love it. I love it. So obviously I think the, the black is beautiful movement has been, has been incredible to see that. Right. I mean, we're here in Connecticut. I think we have, you know, 14 or 15 breweries, you know, it's just, you know, you go to that website, you know, folks, if you haven't checked it out, black is beautiful. Beer. And you can just see, you know, just kind of just every time I check it, there's more and more and more, and even even still. And I think it's just a wonderful thing, and it's brought a lot of folks together. How did you guys kind of, you know, how did that come? How did he present that to you? And you know, and that I love the label that you created. I think it's really great, and I think it's really fitting and powerful. And although, and for folks, if you don't know, if you haven't done it, you know, uh, you know if you go on the website, there's you know all this work that Kevin created to not only not only is the recipe shared, but like all of the creative stuff, you know, the amount of work that went into that to, it's one thing to design a label and then you send it off and you do it for your own, like we were talking about, but the folders and the, the depth of the available resources to allow each brewery some flexibility to present it their own. You know, I was, I was, you know, I dove into some of those files and it's just, I mean, a, it's super organized and really easy to find everything, but it's just kind of a, it's a testament to the, the whole project. I think that's a, I really was. Uh, I really admired that that you did that. That link that link is actually directly related to my link to my Google Drive. So that's hilarious too, because I'm like, man, this is going to be big. You know, I thought about it when Marcus intended to do this. Um, it was just everyone was going to be forced to do 16 ounce labels, you know, just to make it easier. But 
you know, not, not, not everybody has access to canning lines for 16 ounce cans or access to any of that stuff. So, um, I guess what we can do is I'll talk about how, how this all started and then I can tie it into the labels. Yeah, man. So, uh, Marcus reached out months ago and said, um, we are, and he's talked about this on the multiple interviews he's done and, um, articles and stuff like that. He came up with the idea and it was kind of right after the, I think it was right after Floyd and right around that time, it was already, everything was already starting to bubble up in the United States and, he was telling me what he wanted to do. And he was talking to Jeff Stuffings from Jester King Brewing out of uh, Dripping Springs. Yeah. And so at first, Marcus was only going to do a beer and release it and then donate those proceeds to the 100 black men of San Antonio. And Jeff, who's been in the business a lot longer, um, hey, said, he said, why don't you use uh, your voice on this and make this thing um, bigger than that, bigger than you? And he, he was, he reminded Marcus of the, um, all together that, that beer drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, yeah. The collaboration. Yeah. All together. Yeah. There was a collaboration beer, for, uh, or the open source beer for, uh, kind of, uh, you know, work like the food workers and restaurant folks and just kind of those. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he basically told Marcus that he thinks it could be a lot bigger than that. And Marcus could have a lot more meaning, a lot more people supporting that if he just goes he just goes for it just 100 percent all in so marcus called me and told me what was going on basically it just started as a as a label and he told me he told me what he wanted and he said he wanted um a label to basically show all of the different colors and shades of black people african-american people and um so basically i started messing around with Honestly, it, it all it all kind of tied in. I was I was thinking of all the shades, and um, it made me think of those uh, those paint strips you would get at like Sherwin Williams or anywhere they have a paint department. So I started uh, I was basically on the on the Illustrator file. I started messing around with just placing the shades from lightest to darkest, just in a straight line, like lines next to each other, like a hard line. So it, sh- it showed the separateness of it, but also it showed them together. And then I, I had it on the page and I just, it just didn't seem to, it just didn't seem to do anything. And then Marcus was like, I hadn't showed Marcus yet. And he said, we also want to do something that kind of unites, unites the different shades of, you know, to show that, you know, they all have their own unique qualities, but they're all one. So I, I tried some of the symbols for infinity and stuff like that and overlapped it. And it just looks kind of, it looked like basically what happened. It looked like I threw a logo on top of some colors. And then I'm sitting there and I was laying in bed. And I, one of my processes was what I do if I'm stuck. I just walk away and I stop doing it. And I don't really stop doing it, but I do it in my head. So that's a, that's a big thing for a designer is to be able to, to set some stuff up in, in their brain while they're just not actually working on it. So I was laying in bed and I got this idea of doing the puzzle pieces. So that's basically what that label is. It's, it's interlocking puzzle pieces of the colors. And so that you have the individual unique colors. I think there's like 12 or 13, you know, there's a lot more than that, but this is just to show you the the range. And then the puzzle pieces themselves lock them back in and unites them as one. So when I did that, honestly, some labels, you know, some artwork pieces take you a long time just to f- finally find that the look this one honestly 
after I figured out the puzzle part of it, it, it hit pretty quick. I think it was just, I knew, I knew what it was. And then I had done the, the black is beautiful in the middle, just because I had seen, I was thinking about the, I was thinking about all the stuff you've seen from protests and rallies and stuff where they're holding up those signs where it's just like, it's a black box with white letters in it or a white box with black letters in it. And they're, you know, it's all protest. It's all information there and thing, but I thought it would look really cool if that was the logo itself. So when Marcus said we need to come up with the logo, I said, that the logo is already on the label. And he was like, Oh wow. That's a, that's a really good idea. So, I mean, this thing, this thing happened so quick. It was within like him telling me on a Monday and then I had it done on a Tuesday and I was already having to get the label going and also some other stuff he needed. And it hadn't even blown up. Nobody's even seen it yet. And then, and then, um, from there, you know, we had a company reach out to us and help us the same company that did the all together label mm-hmm. and the, the, the collaboration effort, the design company Kong, Kong graphics or Kong, Kong something. And I don't remember their name, but, um, and then they came into the mix and they did the website. So the black is beautiful dot beer website. Mm-hmm. They did that website for us and they took the, and it was me basically providing all the files you see as you scroll. I'm looking at it right now. You'll just see all the different iteration, like all the different imagery and stuff like that. So, and you know, I wanted to do it. I wanted to have my hand on it since it's my imagery and I made it. So I volunteered. I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'll send you everything you need, everything you want for Instagram, Facebook, any kind of event. Thing like that because you know once as an artist once you let something out of your grasp and then and, and you just let somebody else work with it they don't really keep it true to to form of what your intentions were so here we are now and how many months later it is and you were just talking about it we are at a thousand one hundred and seventy one breweries mm-hmm. all 50 states and 21 countries that's insane yeah i i've had people call me I've had, I had Guinness call me, the guy from Guinness Northgate up there near you. Probably not near you, but way, way closer than me. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they, they called me and they were like, we, uh, we'd like to join this initiative. And basically, they're such a large company. They're owned by Diageo that they, I had to sign multiple waivers saying that I wouldn't sue them for using my artwork. But I said, no, no, no problem. And I've talked to some people from different countries and like i was saying earlier i didn't, I didn't want to say it yet but um the label started off as a 16 ounce label and marcus you know marcus it was it was all kind of new to him and i told him i was like you know marcus that there's every label size under the sun out there he's like well that's up to you he said if you want to if you want to do that for those people you can do that and i, I, I kind of figured i had to so, you know, everything that I've done for, for that first initiative and stuff was all gratis. I just told them I didn't want any money for it. That would be my way of, like, paying back into mm-hmm. the movement, into the, into the initiative. And so from that 16-ounce beer can, I did 12-ounce. I, I even did the labels for a home brewer. Yeah, I know a few homebrewers home here in Connecticut that are doing it or have done it. And I think it, when you look at it, I think there's been whiskey meads like yep. people, yeah just people kind they of going, yeah it's really cool to to see how yep. it's how to really uh people are just trying to you know make it what they can so they can continue to support and really the idea of you know literally making you know ma- making a you know, positive coming out of a, an awful situation and i think that 
all the money that's being raised, uh, you know, really can help make an impact and be really supportive. And especially at a time in our country, that's a little divisive. I think even, you know, even the craft beer industry, I think that, you know, we could be a little more inclusive. So I, I just think, I mean, and honestly, I think it's just really, I think it's wonderful, right? I mean, that, you know, you, you guys were able to, to work on that and collaborate so quickly and come up with such a, you know, great design. But to your point, some of the best designs or ideas, you know, happen in like, you know, like some of the greatest songs, right? I think you like the Beatles and Zeppelin, all, you hear these stories and it's like, oh, I woke up and I had this riff in my head and, you know, and that was, uh, yeah. you know, a bunch of tunes from Abbey Road, right? It's just like, okay, like, I don't, you know, I, I definitely, uh, yeah, I have to keep notes or write things down or I forget them all the time. So, yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I was totally with you on the thinking while you're sleeping, like waking up and like having this thing you need to need to put down on paper that's what i do i you know especially with you know phones these days so basically my notes section on my iphone is shock full of information so that's another thing that i always like to keep a double up just in case too because you know i'm 43 years old i've had a lot of fun in my life so there's some brain cells sometimes that i'll make notes on that just disappear (laughs) yeah well said on that one yeah and I think, right, I mean, we're both middle-aged white dudes and our experiences in this country is a little different. And so I think it's really just a testament to the trust in the relationship. And I think it's, you know, the symbolism of you guys working together on it. Obviously, you've done a lot of work with them over the years anyway, but I just think it's great, you know, the level of detail and thought that went to that. And, you know, the, there's it's just, it's just been, it's brought people together all over the place. And that's what's really, you know, really been a positive for me to, to see out of it. You're listening to episode 170 of the 16-ounce canvas, The Art of Craft Beer Podcast, featuring Kevin Dyer, Weathered Souls, Black is Beautiful, Yes It Is. It's a great episode, and I love how Marcus teamed up with, you know, got some advice from Jeff from Jester King, and that idea to make it bigger, like was done uh, with the other half uh, collaboration that, that really took off and is really popular. I know that the, the first collaboration style like that was the beer that was done by uh, Sierra Nevada when they had the, the fires out there and they, they did uh, a similar idea for a beer and it really, uh, it really took off. And I love when people come together. I love that the fact that um, you know, they use beer to bring people together and use it to impact local communities. I think it's a wonderful thing. I think uh, breweries are really important parts of our, you know, society. About our, and, but they can also be really, you know, on the other side, you know, they can also, you know, not be inclusive and, you know, they can really have show some, some of our flaws. But I think that efforts like this are really important for, because there are many people who are, are passionate about it. I will say that, you know, as we saw with Resilience and, you know, the, the collaboration beer with uh, Other Half, um, you know, there's folks that just didn't donate the money. And, you know, we, Kevin and I talk about that and we have different perspectives on that. And I think that there's just some breweries who use these opportunities uh, for a negative and the perception 
And Kevin has a great perspective, and I think that he's, you know, and what we always try to be or strive to be is the glass half full and, and see the positive and look big picture and realize, you know, what was happening. And while there, you know, even if it's five or ten or twenty percent of the people who have malice, you know, focusing on on the positives and how that's changing perspectives. And I, and I think that's great, and I don't want to take away anything from that. But I just really, the only, my only concern, and maybe it makes me sound a little jaded, is just that. If folks are using it for the wrong reasons, and it's fine, and they'll they'll get theirs, but their consumers are are spending their money, or going there, or going out of their way to to, to buy a product, and you know, support something bigger than themselves. So that's my only concern. Um, I, I have several, but that's my biggest one with everything. So I just hope that you know when it comes down to it, or if you you buy it, you know, you just just ask, you know, engage, understand, and also the the cool part about it was that the breweries were each given. The opportunity to choose where they would give the money so the idea is to make it hyper local and to really impact change wherever those you know breweries are or, you know those home brewers those distillers and i think that's really cool because impacting change in our local community impacts you know is really helps to amplify and you know we've talked about before that's what we're doing with you know with beer culture and i just think it's, it's really important to be involved locally to make a difference to help your you know your neighbors your brothers and sisters you know the people you know as the the great mr rogers right these are the people in your neighborhood you know the people that you meet when you're walking down the street and i think it's just i think that 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 is a is a great thing and so i think if you haven't checked it out, blackisbeautiful.beer. I love to hear that you know some of these breweries are going to make these year-round things. You know, there's that is it's always stout season contingent who will appreciate that. But these, you know, some of these uh, versions I've had have just been has been spectacular. So I really think that's great. I think it's a you know a great story. Uh, you know, doing stuff for the Cowboys and the Yankees. I could I could do without that. But uh, I will say on that front. Uh, I am an Eagles fan. Uh, we despise and kind of, uh, I, I, don't, I don't even know if we're able to be rivals because we have one Super Bowl and they have a bunch. So before that uh, message just comes across my phone or my desktop, but Dak Prescott got hurt recently and it was a pretty scary injury. Um, he's a quarterback, uh, plays for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, American football, and uh, he's out for the season and just uh, it was just painful to see. And so We've talked about him before, you know, how he's shared about the importance of mental health and things that he was going through with loss of his brother. And so we, you know, while, I mean, Dak, if you're listening, you know, reach out. That'd be really cool. But I don't think that he's listening. But I just want to, you know, you put out what you get. And so I want to just send, you know, speedy recovery and, and well wishes. You know, we can, you know, you can dislike the, the team. But then that's like, it's not really a thing. Like, you know, it's. It's kind of funny when you see the craziness of sports fans, and I'm pr I'm pretty passionate, but just kind of a bunch of grown men and women, you know, who say we like they're on the team, and uh, you know, it's just kind of a it's just kind of a funny state of affairs when you when you really think about it. Sports is funny like that, or baseball coaches who who wear the uniforms, like why do you got to do what's that all about, you know? So I don't know. This is episode 170, Kevin Dyer, 16 ounce canvas. That's us. That's me. And uh, we're having a great time. We're, we're glad you're here with us. Remember, check out Kevin's website, kevindyer.myportfolio.com. You can see all of the labels. And then you can head on over to uh, IG, the Instagram, KD Design TX. Cool logo. Nod to the old periodic table. Nothing but love for the science community.
yeah, we'll leave it at that. So be safe, enjoy, relax. We're at the halfway mark. Hopefully you're cracking one or two and listening to this. But uh, here we go. Part two, Kevin Dyer, episode 170. Not a prime number. I mean, you can do that all day, right? 17, 35, 2, 10. Uh, yeah, and the list goes, you know, doesn't go on and on, but it goes. So here it is, part two. Enjoy. Oh, it's been amazing. It's, it's, it's just amazing to see, like, uh, to see what people will, you know, how many people will, you know, support it. And it's not everybody, you know, everybody realizes that you may think that this country is really divided, but there, it's, it's not like people think it is. I and mean, just the average people out there, they all want, they all just want to get along and just love each other and just do good things. And so it sucks that the, it sucks that the less, the less, the lesser people that don't, are there to try to stop it. But, you know, this just shows you this thing's not going anywhere. Um, you're going to start seeing other breweries that we've been talking to that are going to make Black is Beautiful a year-round beer. So I don't know if you've talked to anybody up there, but a lot of people we've been talking to are actually going to make it a staple so that when you go into their tap room, that Black is Beautiful is always on tap. Yeah, especially, like I said, uh, yeah, I've gotten a few breweries in Connecticut to do it. You know, shout out to the crew at Hog River who collaborated with our friends at the Craft Crew and uh, Hoax Brewery and Front Porch are doing it, right? And, uh, and there's, you know, a bunch of others. And I've been trying to, you know, get different versions of them. And there's, you know, a, a great Facebook community that's been super, you know, supportive. And everyone's trying to try different ones from all over, you know, all over the place, which has been really fun to see how everyone interprets it and, you know, does it differently. I mean, it's like, like we were saying earlier with painting and art, you know, everyone has the same recipe, but, you know, little, little differences, you know, make, you know, take it in different directions and, you know, their style of stout or, or what have you. Our friends at, uh, our friends at vitamin C, which is in Massachusetts, they did, a they did a, a blackberry sour, uh, version of it, which is amazing. And so, you know, he, uh, you know, they, he checked with Marcus and they were, you know, he, he told me that Marcus just told him to make sure he gets a couple of them and they were great. So I just think it's been a, I think it's been really a real positive experience. I mean, and, uh, obviously my only hope is that there's some folks, I just hope that they, with these collaboration beers, sometimes folks don't always uh, donate all the money. So that's my only hope is just some folks don't, uh, you know, like the black box on Instagram. Sometimes folks just do things because they think it's like the right thing, like the clout or to be considered cool. So that's my only hope. So if you're out there listening and you're you're one of those assholes, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you. But you know, almost twelve. So, hey, I got I got something. To, I thought about that. I was thinking about that. If you know these people brew this black is beautiful beer and they they don't donate that money. Well, the thing is, is every little every little drop in the bit in the pond creates a ripple, right? So you know they may not put that money to the the NAACP or whatever their cause is, but in the end of the day, they just created a beer supporting this and they would have never done that before. And so they, when they do this, they reach out to people that would have never been, that would have never been reached, that have never been, never knew what was going on with this. So even though those, you know, what those mother efforts didn't donate hmm. that money, they still, they still, they still did what they even didn't even know they were doing. It's, it's such, it's such a cool thing. Karma is so cool with this because yeah, karma will come back. And I think they created that label. They they printed that label. They put it on that beer and they sold it and people saw it. So, yeah. Cause I think it's, I think now, especially, I think that, you know, it's unfortunate, but you know, it's a tough time for breweries and what have you. So yeah, I think that the, 
the craft beer community is, is pretty uh, in tap on, you know, with uh, with what's going on and what people are doing. And really, it's really one of the things that's just, uh, it's hard to fake being a good person. You know, just kind of your, your true colors come out. So I, I hear exactly what you're saying. And I love, I love the story. And I love, you know, the idea that it's going to be, uh, you know, a regular beer there. And, you know, obviously, I hope to get down there to have it in, uh, in person someday. Obviously, I think I've had a few. I've only had one from the Weathered Souls, but uh, I love I love a good stout. So it's kind of uh, it's, uh, it's for selfish reasons. It's been wonderful, also. But I just think it's I just think it's great, and I, I I love the label, and that's what that was, you know, been a great reason for us to 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 talk. So I'm I'm psyched that you know you agreed to do this. And you did I did I send you a link from my actual web page? Uh, we have your the Facebook one, and then uh, I think you have it in my portfolio one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's it. That's where basically that front page is all the labels that I've done for Marcus um, in the last two and a half years. So that just kind of just shows you if anybody's interested in looking. Um, shows you, I mean, I, my stuff's all over the place. Like I, I do from the style of the black is beautiful to just different stuff. If you wanted to check it out, I was just asking. Yeah. Definitely. Kevin Dyer dot my portfolio dot com. And yeah, it's, it's got, you know, classical, you know, cultural references, you know, photorealism, you know, kind of just, you know, designs and creative. It's, it's like you said, it's all over the place. Textures, a lot of great use of textures. And I think that's what I really like. It's your, your labels are all over the place in, in a good way. Right. And some are just kind of topography with a lot of open space. So I definitely see like your, uh, He's keeping you busy and you're coming with new ideas and a lot of hip hop references, which I always dig. And then I was a sucker growing up for, for the house party movies. I, I tried to do that, uh, that move about a thousand times. I was never successful jumping over my leg, but the hop party one was awesome. So yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely dig what you're doing down there. So, so are you a beer, are you a beer guy? Do you have to enjoy the, the fruits of your labor? I mean, I think I know the answer to this question, but I always, I always like to, I always like to ask. Yeah, so I uh, I am a huge beer drinker so much that <laughs> in the last year or so um, I got the awesome gifts of gout. Ooh! So I, I in the last two weeks I have not had a beer in two weeks, and this has been the hardest time of my life. <laughs> but I'm trying to clear it all out, you know, because I haven't really ever given myself a break in 20 years of alcohol never really you know i've gone weeks or something without it but i've never really had a break from beer and that's one of the big big problems so i do love beer though marcus has one of the best base stouts i've ever had and i've had i've had any stouts you know when you're looking at the the magazine whatever stout they recommend is the best abraxas and all that i've had every stout you could ever imagine that people tell me is the best and marcus's base for his imperial stout is probably one of my favorite it's just phenomenal so that's pretty cool as i actually got to design labels for a guy that actually made good beer because you know there's the other option too sometimes yep we always say kevin we always hope the beer tastes as good as it looks and we've we've broken the rule a few times and thankfully hasn't uh bitten us but we usually don't like we'll get a lot of requests which is cool don't want to send us beer and marcus if you're listening you know feel free i'd love to have some of your beer but like before we do the interview and i'm always like ah the, like the designer's not responsible for the beer so i don't want to have a you know talking about a label that you made and i'm like oh that beer tasted like shit or i didn't really like it it just wasn't so i 
that was like a weird rule. People were like, really? You're going to turn down beer? I'm like, well, no, it's not turning it down. I just, I don't want to ruin the, it's not the designer's fault if it doesn't go well. So, yeah. Yeah. But and I, you know, beer, beer, yeah. beer is weird like that. You can have the same recipe two years in a row and then something, something little bit happens. And next thing you know, your stout tastes like a sour. Yep. Yeah. And so, uh, to, you were talking about your, you know, doing your, your little take a little break there. It's uh, well, I think this will air in October, but it's October, and at least uh, you know, I try to do it once a year. I take a month off either in January or October, so we call it like sober October. And so I'm I'm right there with you, brother. So uh, I have uh, I have a couple cool non-alcoholic breweries that are actually really good. You'll be surprised. So I'll send you some information about those. Athletica. Yeah, athletic. Yeah, I'm actually drinking one right now. Yeah, they're really they're right. They're, they're based here. Oh, okay, creeper. Um, that, no, that's my job to creepily look at all of your stuff. But now yeah, they're based here in Connecticut. And they like they revolutionized. Like, I mean, they're not. They instead of burning it off, they have a whole other process. And so they've been big supporters of us since the beginning because they're the agency that does their labels. Um, one of the the fat that Fair Folk does the labels for Trillium. So it's kind of this like you know all all tied together, one big happy family. All right. I was always curious. I mean, that's always the one where, like, when when I first started getting into craft beer, I remember before the IPAs were made by other states other than Trillium and Treehouse? Mm-hmm. Like, a couple of years ago, nobody made those hazies like that. And then now you, you can go to, like, bumfuck Iowa. And, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Iowa people. But, yeah, you, you can go to, like, the sticks and, like, grandma and grandpa are making a hazy. And you're like, holy shit. This is really good. Yeah. So, so we used to hunt those trilliums down, you know, the treehouse down. We would get shipments in with people, and they'd charge arm and a leg for a can or four cans. And so it's crazy where craft beer has come now. Yeah, because living in New England, like the fact they're called New England IPAs, it's just like a, it's super weird now when I travel for for work or stuff with the family. And it's like, oh, New England IPA. And it's like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like I'm nowhere near, you know. We're not, yeah. we're, not, we're not in Kansas anymore. And it's like it's super – yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cool thing to see. But I definitely uh, – yeah, it was that was a weird period of time where, like, when it became officially a, a type of beer, like a type of yeah style. Yeah, I wonder how the Belgians feel. They're like, screw you. Well, that was yeah, that was Belgian how I, style. Right, that's how I got into beer. I like when I said before I said about being in the Netherlands, it was like a palm, which I still love to this day, which is like this wonderful amber beer, and it was just available everywhere. And then I had a Delirium Tremens, and it was just kind of like, oh man, yeah, my head exploded, right? And so it was just kind of that like, was. My gateway. Those were my, my, my gateway beer. If you want to talk like a gateway beer was the, was actually a Hef, uh, Erdinger, Erdinger's Hefeweizen and Hacker Sore. And so that got me down the, down the rabbit hole. And I started drinking like um, Delirium Tremens was one of my first, Noel, the Noel. And then I, I got into the Canadian, the uh, Unibrew. Oh, so and good. Belgians, like Belgian, I love, Belgian beers. It's, I went to Belgium when I was 16, and first beer I ever had when, before I was old enough was a Duvel. So it's like, oh. yeah, but you was, know, yeah. I got to go. I got to go like two years ago. I got to go, and I got to go to uh, yeah, Cantillon and Three Three Fontaine. Oh. And, uh, and it was like it was just I was a kid in a candy store. But my first time I was in the Netherlands, it was like you're talking about that like Duvel and Chimay it was just like and it was a whole experience like it wasn't 
I was younger too, and so I was used to like just kind of aggressive drinking and like stuff like that, and it wasn't like that at all. So it was uh, it was pretty great. Uh, yeah, you don't have to chug it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like it wasn't like this crazy idea, and people were like, it was just kind of like, you know, it was normal, and it was just kind of nice. You'd sit outside and just kind of you know take your time with it, and so it was. Uh, yeah, oh, I loved living over there. Oh man. So I have a couple more for you. Um, we were talking before kind of about being organized in those folders. Again, folks, check it out, blackisbeautiful.beer. You can see kind of the, the crazy files that Kevin's put together. Go to his website, kevindyer.myportfolio.com to see all the labels he's done. But do you have a certain naming convention? Like how are you an organized like, designer? Do you have all your shit together? I'm kind of a mess sometimes. Um, Not that I consider myself I know. a designer. Yeah, I mean, I knew how to do it just because I work for a big company. And then basically with so many files over the years, we have to have a no, uh, file nomenclature in, in, in place. So I just took the stuff that I've learned along the way um, just to make sure that if something's easy accessible, easily accessible. So like we, you saw with the Weathered Souls, it all starts off with weathered, you know, weathered underscore beer. You know, you saw, you saw the way it was set up. And then I and then I just branch it out from like labels, graphics, templates, and stuff like that. But when you see something like that, it's so easy to find something. So if I have to tell somebody else to pull something for me, they don't have to go hunt it down. You know, I have a team of seven artists that work for me at my regular job, and each one of those people files it their own way, and I have to get on them about that. So you know, you know, for <laughs> filing the filing system, you, you gotta have a some sort of rhyme or reason for what you're doing or you'll find it eventually, but you know, but yeah. yeah so the way I, I did the ones for black is beautiful beer. That is uh that's basically how I label everything. That's, that's my style right there. You see the way it's all organized. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Some folks, some folks ask that question. They're like, Oh no, no. Other ones are, they're very passionate about it. Like, like they they've been waiting for somebody to ask them about that for like their whole life. Like, yeah. All right, here we go. So uh, yeah, I definitely, uh, I was, I was, I admired that very much. It was very easy to find everything. So it's, uh, you know, another little added bonus there for you. But, um, and then you've had a really interesting career, you know, your, your, your journey and your adventures are, you know, your, uh, it's kind of, like I said, you know, going from your rings, your paintings to, you know, how you teamed up with Marcus and now you're working for other breweries and wine. Um, do you have, would you have any advice for somebody kind of, uh, you know, or even like, what would you tell like a younger version of yourself? Just kind of like any, any career advice, Kevin? Oh man. Um, <laughs> well, you know, these days, honestly, I hate to say it, but anybody that's going to become a graphic designer, if that's your title out of college, it's like a lawyer, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, if you're going to be a graphic designer or a graphic artist, you, you, you kind of gotta, you gotta come up with something that's different than everybody else does. Um, something that just sets you apart from the million other designers. Like you're talking about the designer that does Trillium and also does athletic and stuff like that. You know, they, they found something that like Trillium's labels have the, the cool pencil sketch looking on a white label. Um, all their, all their labels look like that. That's that designer's look. And so like, you got to come up with your own signature. It's like an artist's signature is basically their own style. And mine's always been kind of like, I can, I can draw and paint anything I see like super hyper-realistic. You know, you've seen those guys that can make it look like it's a real person. I can do that. Um, but I wanted to, 
a lot of people can do that. I wanted to tie it in with kind of tying in different elements and stuff. So my, my advice to artists and stuff is just come up with your own, your own unique style. And then, um, and then you can build your career around that. You know, someone, if, if what you do is amazing, someone's going to find it, but you got to definitely put yourself out there. Like how I, how I talk to Marcus through Facebook, basically, you got to put yourself out there and don't be afraid of getting shut down. Cause I've been shot down many times. So it just took me, you know, a little longer than you know, basically 40 years old when I kind of got in there with Marcus and them. So um, it just takes a little time or you're just lucky. But uh, basically, you definitely want to have your own unique style as an artist that se- separates yourself from the rest. You don't want to embed style label like Budweiser. So, yeah, I think I, th- I think the taking your shot and going forward and being OK to be rejected, I think that that's probably been one of the like one of the things that I always find has is, is harder at least harder when I was younger. I think now that I, I kind of, uh, I, I pretty, I'm pretty, I just try to keep things glass half full. You know, that's kind of how I look at it. And like, I, it depends on what it is, but I, I try to be way better about taking feedback than, than young, you know, young, aggressive AJ who be super opinionated and take it personally and what have you. So I think that it's not, I mean, it's not easy. I don't think there's like a, switch you turn on i think one way is you kind of got to get broken a little bit to build it back up but uh yeah bumps and bruises are are part of it and i you know i i wouldn't wouldn't change anything so that's how you have to look at it yeah the other the other thing i would recommend is honestly as an artist anybody that does design work for money is don't undervalue yourself because it happened to me when I first started out, you, you know, you go into some place and you have an actual product you're offering. It's, it's basically look at it like a product. And if you're saying my artwork is worth this and this, you know, these people will, they'll just jump on it. And then you're pigeonholed into making, you know, 50 bucks a design. And that's not something to make a, a life on. So don't ever undervalue your work. Um, unless obviously if it's, if it's not good, then I guess you'll figure that out along the way, but, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll walk, it'll work itself out in the wash if you're not good, (laughs) but don't undervalue yourself and don't, you know, don't overvalue yourself either. You got to kind of get out there. And like, I did a lot of research on what artwork designs and stuff like that in different markets go for and stuff. So that's another good thing for designers that are trying to make it. Is just look at your target audience. Look at your look at the place. Like you don't want to go hit up a some dude and his cousin that just started a brewery and they're bottling everything by hand. You don't want to go up and say you charge a thousand dollars a label because they're just going to say their their cousin Ronnie does it. Yeah, so. yeah. I th- I think it's important, right? We we always, the one there's some great accounts on social media like the E is for exposure and just kind of like nightmare stories and right. I think early on, or if you believe in them and you're kind of you're have skin in the game in the long term, right? That's different than like, hey, you know, we really, really can't afford this. And then you're looking at like a $100,000, you know, machine that they just bought or, you know, obviously financed. And it's like, oh, we can't afford to pay you for your, your label work. It's like, well, you just don't value my work. And that's, and that's you know, if you don't, if they don't value your work, then, you know, that's not going to change. So I think it's, it's tough for folks because they're like, oh, you're just eager to get that first job and, and what have you. And you want to build your portfolio, but you just got to be in control and, kind of control that narrative also you might do it for a lower rate but it's hey i'm doing this for the first couple and this is my expectation and you know whatever just yeah we've gotten uh we've got a lot of good advice on that from folks recently yeah and you got to be prepared to do a couple freebies it, it, it does happen um 
I mean, do do some stuff for like initiatives, like the Black is Beautiful initiative. If somebody's doing another initiative, just use that, use that platform to show your showcase your work. But I, I've done tons of stuff for little to no money in the beginning, and, and I still do. I still do stuff for free for people if it's if it's for a cause. Yeah. And yeah, if it's something that I support, I, I totally will do it. And I, I'll tell them my I'll, I'll tell them my price, and right away they'll reply back oh my gosh i can't i can't swing that you know this is a nonprofit, and i'm like you know what i'll just do it that's fine and then they're like they're blown away that i'll do it for free but you just got to be able to do stuff like that yeah i think it's important to also tell like it's not a malice thing but if you're doing somebody like a favor again a super cheap deal like knowing what you normally would charge because then that's the nightmare story i've heard where i like so-and-so does a favor for you know whatever the company is and then somebody loves the work and says, Oh, who did that? And he's like, Oh, that's Joe. And he did it for 50 bucks. And then like, Oh, you do what? And then it's like, that's not, that's not my rate card. Right. That type of shit. Like, so yeah, it's yep. uh it's a, it's, there's, we could do a whole podcast about uh small business and pricing nightmares. So, uh, we won't, we won't go bring it on. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We'll bring you back up. Um, so let's see, uh, last question for you. This is more for, this question is more for me, but, um, when you're working, do you, listen to certain music do you have things going on in the background obviously as a fellow father it's probably uh, at times a madhouse there but like do you have uh, songs or music or bands you listen to when you're trying to get in your get in the zone kind of kind of shifts um there's no, there's, there's no wrong answer i'm just basically trying to get you to tell me a bunch of bands so i can maybe listen to some new music or whatever. There's no, yeah, there's no wrong answer. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you anything new on that one. I'm 43 years old. I was, uh, my parents were in their seventies. So I was raised on Elvis and the Beatles, uh, old school country music, like old school country music. Um, shoot. I mean, I tell people that I've seen James Taylor seven times in concert and they're like, what the hell? I've seen, I've seen him twice. <laughs> yeah. So my, my buddies were, we live in Austin. So, you know, South by Southwest. Well, Justin Timberlake was here a couple of years ago and they were like, all everybody was saying was JT will be here at a surprise show downtown. I was like, I, and I, I bust out. I'm like, James Taylor. Oh, and they're like, Oh Kevin. my God, dude, Kevin. you need to get out. More. Yeah. You've got kids. dude. That's terrible. <laughs> I mean, I, I will say and, uh, that I will say, and I've said it to people before and I maybe said on the podcast, James Taylor puts on a great show. Like he's a great, he's a, like he's an entertainer. He's got a good sense of humor. You know, it's a it's a vibe, and it's you know it's it's a little more chill than than, than the other JT. But uh, yeah, if I could go see James yeah. Taylor again, I would be all about it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen everything from Rage Against the Machine to to James Taylor. So I mean, I'm I'm a I'm an equal opportunity offender. So um, so weathered souls. Marcus is an African American man, and he was he's a little younger than us. My wife and I. He's in his late thirties, middle thirties. But his big band, his big groups growing up were um, Tupac, Biggie, um, Outkast later on. So that's why when you look through my artwork there, you'll see a lot of that stuff. But whenever I do a, whenever I do anything that is related to a musician of any sort for Marcus, I listen to the album again. And I grew up, I grew up with a, in high school, I had a Jeep Wrangler with two tens in the back listening to Paperboy and Diddy. <laughs> so when he started throwing out Outkast, yeah, Spadiati Dopalicious, and we have a beer called Spadiati Hopalicious. Mm -hmm. I knew I basically right away that that we were going to be a good team because I already knew the music, I already knew Chappelle, I already knew all that stuff. 
Uh, it did show my age, though, when he did the hopped in bougie, because I, I had to Google what bougie meant. I knew the French meaning. <laughs> I had to ask my wife. Oh, yeah. Oh, she, she was like, what? Yeah. As an eighth grade teacher. Yeah, I always, I always find out the stuff, like, way ahead of time for my wife. She'll be like, this is going to be a thing, and the kids are doing this. And I'm like, you know. Flossing. Yeah, I'm like, I floss. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're like, oh, yeah, I brushed my tongue. I'm, I'm way ahead of all those curves, yeah. I mean, yeah, sleep. I wear socks with sandals. Yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah. Socks with sandals. Yeah, so it's. It, <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. Oh, bless your wife. Yeah, that's how my wife is too. Like she puts a lot of shit. Yeah, well, I mean, I know, I know stuff. We watch Jeopardy. I can kill her anytime on some Jeopardy. But I mean, honest to God, I didn't even. I don't even. Who's the Who's the African American chick that everybody likes? It's the bigger girl. What's her name? Lizzo. No. Lizzo. I had yeah. no idea. I thought I, I had no idea. I just uh, don't. I don't know. Yeah. Full, so now for this episode, we're going to play Lizzo and all the other stuff in the background music. So, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, she's great. But, uh, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. So, well, well, I appreciate you, Kevin. We always say uh, if it goes well, we always say we hope you can have some beers together in the future. And I would uh, so enjoy your time off and uh, hope your gal gets a little better. But we definitely uh, hope we can connect in the future and, I just, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm glad we're able to, to, to hear your story and, and learn more about, you know, how you, not only the Black is Beautiful, but what you're doing with uh, Weathered Souls, and it's, uh, yeah, it's just great, and I'm really happy that, you know, your, your career's evolving, and you're, you're just doing some great stuff. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime, man. So I appreciate you, and I'll, I'll talk to you soon, man. All right, take it easy. All right, have a good night. Bye, Kev. have it folks episode 170 kevin dyer whether it's all the brewing black is beautiful yes it is kd design tx on instagram kevin dyer.myportfolio.com whether it's all the brewing 16 ounce canvas aj kieran's now i was just gonna say a bunch of random words but you know the original jt I think it's a great episode. As we, as we talked about before, unique story, humble, appreciates you know what he's doing. To see the growth and the, the, the new clients that he's working with, just, you know, that's kind of sprouted from this is really cool. You know, to be working, uh, you know, in wine as well is, uh, is not a bad feat as well. You know, family business brewing, shout to them. Uh, Ron uh, Yates Wine, and Nuasis and Corpus Christi, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Ah, you've got a friend. It's a glass half full episode. It's got you know. It's a great story. Marcus and Kevin working together. The level of detail that Kevin put in. You know, go to blackisbeautiful.beer and download those files. And it's a nerdy thing to say, but just the organization and the access and having all that is just really thoughtful. It works. It's great. It's a phenomenon. Um, you know, I think that hopefully sparks some change, makes an impact. That's really all we can really hope for. The beer is really good. It's delicious. The numerous versions that we've had from around the country, you know, we thank everybody who sent us some. And just, uh, yeah, 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm so happy that you're here with us. If you have a chance to head on over to wherever it is you found us, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Amazon or iHeart, wherever, wherever you found us, we, first of all, we thank you for, for making the effort and joining us. If you have a chance to click on some stars, leave a review, tell a friend, or just recommend an artist to us. Engage, be a part of the community. We're all working together. We're doing something truly unique. We're trying to do something bigger. We've got some, some irons in the fire that we're discussing. And remember, if you want to uh, pick up some athletic brewing, use code CANVAS25 and receive 25% off of your order. Order two or more six-packs and delivery is free. We make your life easier, folks. So just kick back, relax, enjoy the weekend. Be safe. Wear a fucking mask times two. Like, don't wear two masks, but just we're emphasizing that because numbers are going up. Be safe because we really would like to leave, you know, the house a little bit more than we do. Love to see everybody have a good time and celebrate all the hard work of everybody. So until next week, thank you.